Welcome to Riverdale. So, <laughs> welcome to Riverdale Chapter 26, uh, The Telltale Heart. I'll have to, full disclosure here, I have been kind of not feeling Riverdale for a while. <clears throat> so, I've been in this space where it's a good and entertaining show, but for a few episodes there, they have really kind of let me down and all my issues with race and handling of characters aside just the story itself and what they've been doing just really hasn't done it for me and within the midst of all that coming up on chapter end of chapter 25 beginning of chapter 26 what I realize is that there are certain characters that I attach myself to regardless if I like them or hate them or whatever and this team up between Alice and Betty is one of them. Now, I don't know if this was deliberate on the part of the writers, which I highly doubt because it don't seem like they know what the fuck is going on on this show. But um, with that kind of disclaimer caveat aside, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to go in and get into the issue, issue uh, chapter 26. Now, this opens up where chapter 25 left off, which is Betty coming home from having sex, losing her virginity to Jughead. Um, we assume he lost his to her. Um, I don't know him and Tony did stuff, quote unquote, but she walks in the house. You know, I'm always one for representation. I'm never standing too much for uh, certain types of women and, and folks. But Betty, although I believe her, Jughead, Archie, and sometimes Veronica are the villains of this show, of this series. I do enjoy these quiet moments like this in particular, like, okay, so the show, I feel like, don't know what the fuck they do half the time. It's not to the degree of Lost, of that shit show of a show, but it isn't um, 100% planned out on every storyline. And you get this quiet moment, which seems ridiculous because Betty is a high school, like 15 years old, but where she's either walking home or caught a cab home from sleeping with Jughead. And... Though you know because the show's going to end on a cliffhanger, uh, I, you still don't know what it is. It could be just, oh my God, you, you're sleeping with my mom. And it could be, oh no, the black hood is bad. Like it's, that's one thing I will give it to the show about. But what we open up on is Betty, hair laid, outfit on point, big ass smile on her face, just enjoying this quiet time post-sex with the man that she apparently loves, I still don't buy it, but who she loves. And she turns the corner to see her mom cleaning up blood and not just like a gunshot wound type of blood. Like this is like somebody beat a motherfucker head in and there is just blood everywhere. And that was an amazing point in which to end that episode. So the fact that this show opened up on that very next scene, <sighs> Amazing, amazing. And I really like this episode because it was very centric, uh, Alice, Betty centric. And I am not a fan of Alice, but I am a fan of Alice and the way she's played. Because like I said before, I think her and a couple others are the only people existing in a real world. Though she's done some things that I felt like even culturally difference between blacks, whites, 
in whatever. I honestly do not feel like any mother would have left her daughter in that dirty ass biker club stripping butt ass naked for these men. Like, I just don't believe that. I I won't believe that. But that aside, this was really good. The way it was, the cinematography was great. The editing was great. Them, them being Betty and Alice teaming up, working together to clean this blood, to clean the, it's just like the whole series of events the way they happened in this scene was freaking amazing up until the point where and this is the thing i love i've seen this in movies before i can't recall which movie at this time but when betty climbs into the bed exhausted from cleaning up a crime scene and she falls into bed and there's a what do you call it it's a not a delayed or a sped up um, scene and it's sped up while she's sleeping so mm-hmm. it goes from night to day so although we under the impression it was a whole night it just for her to wake up and it's day in like a couple seconds then to go downstairs and she's still sort of in that mind frame of we just killed up this murder or this crime and then to get downstairs and it's almost like she walks into an alternate universe where Alice and Chip are just sitting there eating breakfast and she's like oh yeah I need to come have some breakfast I know you're you have to be hungry and Betty's like bitch motherfucker I hate chocolate chip pancakes like it's the it's like Riverdale be fucking up but when they get it right they get it right and I really really enjoyed this episode but these series of scenes I think Chick is a fucking headache I'm so sick and tired of him now I'll add the blessing. Of course, I'm not an orphan. I was never adopted. I was never left at the hospital or at Sister Mary Catholic Church of God in Christ. None of that ever happened to me. And I'm sure there are people with that lived in experience where they probably would react the same way that Chick has been reacting. <clears throat> in the context of the show, I think it's cool to get another person's perspective and then because he, he gives me a very unstable, maniacal villain, but he also when he cries, I don't know if this is intended to be like, um, this is what he's using to get his way, but I, I I feel like he genuinely is sad and frustrated and scared in the moments where he's like shutting down and he's crying. Like, cause it doesn't feel like he's crying to try to get his way. It feels like he's really just like, okay, this is what I need to do to calm myself down. So I'll say, I'll give him that. I don't know the actor's name, and of course, like I said, I don't look at IMBDs when I'm doing reviews of these shows because I don't want to know if somebody pops up again. I don't want that to be spoiled for me. But um, Chick, my feelings on Chick, I, they vary because I like him as a staple in the uh, Cooper household because I feel like he's shaking shit up. But I don't necessarily like him as a character. It's very odd. I have a very odd relationship with Chick. Um, so, yeah, so... What, because we get this kind of grounded, emotional back and forth. And the other thing is, this feels so believable. Like, we got the Black Hood and all the shit he was doing. And then we got Jason's murder from last season. And we got all this shit going on. So some stuff, it feels like, though this is fiction, these characters should respond a different way. Betty seems consistent, though she does have that darkness, quote unquote, inside of her that the black hood pulled out that chick can um, help her control her little mutant power her reacting to the man being dead in her home 
was very genuine. I didn't feel like, well, bitch, you've been through all this other shit. Why is this something? Because it's very different when it's so close to home. Like, yes, Archie's dad got shot at. And yes, you know, other people in the town were, you know, fucked up or whatnot. But the black hood does not supersede the emotional stress and trauma that you would have. Because I'm just thinking about myself. 15 years old walking in the house my mom's cleaning up blood first thing i'm doing is i'm i'm hollering and then i'm grabbing something and i'm getting down there with her and i'm cleaning but in the midst i'm asking what the fuck is going on because this is my mom i'm a mom's boy so <laughs> mama could have killed somebody we about to, to try to find a way to cover this up because my mom ain't going to jail no but <laughs> but it, yeah it's i like that because Betty and Alice have this very alternative relationship with one another, or out, I won't even say alternative, they have a relationship that I, me personally, with my lived-in experience, I don't see that with mother and daughter, regardless of race. But specifically with race, because when I watch a lot of sitcoms and dramas and campy little shows and stuff, I've, I can't recall seeing a relationship between a white woman and their daughter uh, and where they talk to each other the way they do. And like um, maybe on like a comedy, like uh, I think Frankie and Grace, the oldest daughter, who's funny as hell, the blonde with the bob. I think she would talk shit, but I don't think it was to her mom. It was like to her dad and to her brothers. And so that being said, even going far back is like Gilmore Girls. I've watched that growing up a few times here and there. And I cannot recall a time in which a mom and daughter had this type of relationship. Now, I'm sure they're out there, you know, and if so let me know and. I don't know, we could discuss that, but I bring all that up to say that I feel like this this relationship and then really lends itself to the severity of this situation. It's like Alice over the course of a couple episodes, I feel like she's kind of, she's consistent. And I know I'm rambling here, but taking a step back, Alice has, the one thing I feel like she's been doing since day one, episode one, has been trying to protect her family. Though, her methods at times are kind of off. Um, another side note to the side note, whatever happened to Betty taking those pills from the first season, like episode one or two that she never went back to again, but whatever. But no, Alice is, she tried to control Polly, but again, that's your underage daughter. So you should have certain amount of control over her. She tried to control Betty. Everything she did, I felt as if regardless to how you felt about her parenting methods, they were always done to control, keep control of her house and to keep her family safe. Because there was something that was said in season one, something to the effect of uh, her just trying to preserve their family and what they have so far. Like kind of alluding to the fact that her past may not have been the best and she's trying to keep her daughters with this thing. And a lot of that guilt and frustration can be it can be inferred that losing chick or giving chick up is part of that, which is like Alice again, call her a bitch, call her evil, whatever. But every single thing she has done since leaving uh, Betty in that club to strip for those men was to protect her family. Uh, some of it was self-preservation, but it seems like since losing Polly and apparently she don't work no more. They have been to work in years, but no, but it's losing Polly and, the shit she's been dealing with with Hal and kind of Betty going off doing her own thing every time we turn around trying to solve a mystery and shit. It's like, it would make sense that she would gravitate towards Chick who would gravitate towards her because he seems like the person who needs that affection and attention and she needs to give it to someone because she, 
life is out of control. God damn it. So good, good for them. Um, so moving on from there, we get Jughead and FP and their shit going on. And I like that FP's like, no matter what, yeah, he's back in the service. He still feels like he's trying to do the right thing. And he's trying to do the right thing for his son. One thing I will say is I'm, I'm really kind of shocked at the fact that we find out last episode that Tallboy and Penny made a deal so that she could get back in the surface and that, you know, they could have a deal with Hiram or whatever. But I'm so shocked that FP was still okay with Jughead skinning that woman alive, like taking her tattoo off her arm and like, cause all of the stuff that he's done, like FP was like, you, you will be the death of us. That was very powerful, but it seems like he went back on that this episode. And it's like, yeah, that's your son. But again, this is a grown man, though he is a, a teenager and he's fucking shit up for y'all. We can't just find this backdoor way to wrap everything up in a bow. He still has done these things that have led to a lot of attention being placed on y'all. Not only that, even in this episode, he's going after Hiram and going after the mayor. Oh God, it's like he's doing a lot of shit. And we find out that he sent the head of General Pickens statue to... Um, to the lodges. Now I'm just thinking in my head, just in the all reality of this show, wouldn't that box have been heavy as hell? And where did they get that box? Not to be funny, but it seems as if the serpents are poor people who live in the trailer park and on the South side. And you didn't found a way to find this beautifully wrapped box, which I'm sure it probably wouldn't be hard to or expensive, but then you have to put in all that work. It's like, I feel like that part should have been explained. Um, and then Andre bringing it upstairs to them. I'm thinking maybe he should have been like, okay, this is a heavy ass. I don't know, whatever. So we um, we get a coup, a meeting between Hiram and Veronica and uh, FP and Jughead. And they're in the trailer park, in the trailer home. And they're discussing whatever. And, you know, um, I'll, I'll pay off you guys' this rent and this, then the third. And my only... Um, requirement is that you not write this article about me. And I go, oh, no, there's no deal. And I was like, I'm thinking, okay, y'all, there's so many ways to get around this shit. First and foremost, like, write the goddamn article. If you have a blog, write whatever the fuck you want. Like, you do what the hell you want, but if this man's gonna pay off y'all rent, because, it, again, every, trying to be as grounded as possible, you all are upset because you're being evicted, but you all also, it's been established, have not been paying your rent. So that I get that you're trying to make the mayor and Hiram out to be the bad guys. But at the end of the day, you are not paying your rent. So if Hiram offers to pay everyone's rent to get you up to date so that you don't have to stress about back pay. If you just say, oh, no, there's no deal such as no deal. You still are behind on your rent. You still should be evicted. And they made it seem as if they all everyone in that trailer park was months behind. So why haven't you guys been put out already? Like, it's about, oh, they've just been waiting for the moment. Well, when you don't pay your rent, you get an eviction notice. Albeit it shouldn't have been 14 days, but you get an eviction notice. Like, what is so weird? Um, So this thing about Jughead being rude to the mayor. <sighs> okay, this is where race comes in. I, was, I had a very emotional reaction to Jughead and the mayor mainly because 
I think that if it had been like FP and the mayor, that would have been very different. That would I still wouldn't have liked it, but it would have been a grown man and a grown woman. Here we have this young white boy who has been badgering the mayor for episodes on top of episodes for this whole season pretty much now if you think that she's doing the wrong goddamn thing write your articles and go through the proper channels but it's like he's constantly berating and attacking her now what doing what he thinks is right so i get that portion of it but at the same time you've done so many fucked up things that for you to turn around on the mayor's like well if you're taking bribes from the lodges then you need to this is your chance to come clean you are no authority little boy Secondly, this you have this entitlement, this privilege. Like we've already seen how misguided you are. You didn't wrote that article about Tony's granddad bringing all this shit back to light. That this racial stuff that you have no business in. It's like you're just doing all these things that are so wrong that you need to be punished for. Least, not the least of which is attacking the mayor, this black woman. Now, all that aside, I don't understand how he got in her office, but. I just did not like this imagery of him and her and her like almost explaining herself what she was like, but what the fuck are you inferring? What are you getting at? What the hell is your problem? You old pin nose ass crown wearing motherfucker. What the hell do you want? It's like, oh, what do these three sites have in common? They're owned by the city and you do such and such and such. And if I was her, my response would have been, you have not paid your rent. Period. It's everything he said. Oh, Mayor, what if you're doing such and such? You have not paid your rent. Oh, but you have a, a deal with the lodges and you're trying to get it. You have not paid your rent. That would have been the only thing I would have said. What do you want in here? You come to me with some rent money and then you can come and rant and rave all day long. You have not paid your rent. You're going to get evicted. Simple as that. Like, why are they trying to pay? <laughs> like, I get that the mayor is supposed to be the bad guy. But she hasn't done anything that I feel like anyone wouldn't have done. You have not paid your rent. This is a large portion of land. Even if they were trying to build something else or if they were trying to just make a better looking trailer park, you haven't paid your rent. <laughs> so, <laughs> And even if that's not the case, the fact is you're on a lease. She could just say, hey, at the end of this lease, every one of you motherfuckers is gone. You don't own this property. I'm just like, this is such a weird space that we're existing in. So... Excuse me. So then we get, um, okay, we get Veronica and the treaty and all that good shit. We get the lodges with their little dynasty storyline. And then we get, get back to the exciting shit where, uh, while they were cleaning up the blood, Alice and Betty, Betty gets a call from Jughead, like, you know, post sex. And he got that little glow and shit. He happy like, Hey boo. Um, I mean, I know you just left a little while ago, but you know, I just want to say, Hey, and she's like, okay, Jughead, this isn't a good time. He's like, okay i love you and she's like all right i gotta go and i hollered i cackled screamed laughed pissed my pants all that because i do not like jughead he is my least favorite of every character in this show black hood included so for her to curve i'm like mm, nigga i'm busy bye bye it just <laughs> it was fucking hilarious but um but i did like that that happening the way it did so that when we circle back around to them being together this anxiety that Betty has about what she's done comes off as, you know, her not wanting to be with Chuck here. And it, his guilt from all the shit he's done before where they've broken up with each other and all that shit. And him maybe think his sex wasn't that good. His stroke game was trash. Jughead can't fuck. No, he... <laughs> it, it, it came together in such a beautiful way where I feel like the writers 
and the editors and the show itself has done something good with this these few scenes in the storyline that they haven't done before excuse me so they're walking and talking and she admits to him like this is what's going on and i like even though i didn't like how they did that with veronica discovering all the family secrets like going to commercial and coming back i did like that they did it with betty because they feel like it would have been redundant for us to sit there and watch her explain what happened between her mom and, and it, like it that just wouldn't have made sense now with the veronica thing we don't know what the full uh soledad project and everything is so i would like for someone to explain it to her but then again that kind of takes away from the show but give us a little something but getting back to Jughead and Betty so they're sitting on the steps of her house and she's like going through he's like oh shit that's fucked up so this like security street sweeper whatever I, when did this neighborhood get this security like comes up in not even a golf car what is the little like the meter reader people's car or whatever she's like, yeah you know whose car this is and it's been here for two days, and if it isn't gone, I'm going to have to tow it. Well, that's a lot of information for us, because you don't know if this is our car yet. Um, and then they let her know, um, they f- realize that that's the guy's car who was killed at the house. So, Jughead's like, oh yeah, oh, my, sorry, this is my car. You know, I left it there because I'm a horrible narrator, and I'm good, bad at lying. And so, <laughs> she's like, if it's not, if it's still there in five minutes, I'm going to give it a ticket. It's street cleaning day. And again, I've never lived in New York, but a lot of this feels like New York, Chicago type stuff. Like, it's the street cleaning. Day. Like, I just, from stories with friends who live in those places and stuff, that's how it feels to me. But I'm thinking, like, this is a suburban street. I mean, full of leaves because apparently it's perpetually fall here. But what? Why would you tow that car? Like, I've, you've, I don't know. It was out. But to the show's credit, they did set up this scene visually with no other cars on the street so it could be inferred that yes this is street cleaning day so move your car but it was weird so they had wire the car uh drive it to a lake uh rolling in throw the cell phone in and get going and so betty eventually goes back to her mom and it's like look we can't handle this what are their other loose ends you know i went back to see the dead body in the daytime to see if somebody else could see it and at first when she did i was like betty what the fuck are you doing but the explanation <coughs> the explanation she gave to her mom made a lot of sense which is like what if somebody else would have saw that in my head i'm thinking what if somebody followed you but like she said what if somebody had a jogged by and saw that or hell if she hadn't found that cell phone if somebody else would have heard it ringing so uh, they go and get FP, and that's another thing that she's like, "Yeah, I told Jughead." She's like, "Oh, you can't bring him into this." But then we get a scene where they're waiting and open the door, and FP just pops up like, "I'm not gonna let you guys make the same mistake that I did." And at first, I was like, "What the fuck is he doing?" Then I was like, "Okay, him and Alice have history." And then the last thought I had, surprisingly enough, was that, "Oh, he also did clean up Jason Blossom's murder." Like I, I was like, "That that was the last place my mind went to because this." love-hate relationship between fp and alice is kind of at the forefront of my mind versus the shit from last season so he goes and does a couple things and i'm thinking like nigga you can never get out of the game like no matter how hard you try something keeps pulling you back like your fucking dumbass kid your long lost love trying to protect the people who you do love like you cannot get away now put a pin in that FP did this because, of course, he still loves Alice and he doesn't want his son or Betty to, you know, be involved in this. But 
Are we not going to address the fact that Jughead's mom and his little sister is like gone somewhere? Like we had a phone conversation with them via payphone. I don't know. I think this season. And as like, is that a loose end that's never going to pop back up? Like will we get them in season three? Like we got Molly Ringwald a couple of times in this season and last season. I'm just so confused at this. Because I, I can accept that they're divorced or separated. I feel like they were just separated. Uh, but I can, I can accept that. But just like with Mid, she popped up like once or twice and now we don't see her ever. We don't even see Reggie like we used to. Like, what? I don't know. So, again, so he's like, oh, you know, I want to make sure, it, you know, you guys are safe and blah, whatever. And he puts something, sodium chloride or something on the body after he buried or before he buried it. Which made it so that I guess it's going to eat away his clothes and skin. He said the only thing that will be left is teeth. And I was thinking, do you mean bones? Because if this thing is going to eat away at the skin and also the bones, teeth are bones. So it will eat away at the teeth. Or did you mean like that was weird. That, that was weird to me. Um, we also get a point in the middle of the episode where Hal comes over, he's yelling at everybody. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And why the hell does it smell like bleach? And where the fuck is the rug? And where's the lamp? And where's the ceiling? Like, like Nikki, what are you, are you playing I spy? Like, why are you coming in here? And it makes sense. He's lived in that house forever that he would notice when things are gone. But he spent like a good amount of time, like naming off stuff that we're missing. And, the B plot of this episode is that Cheryl's mom, Penelope, is still a lady of the night. And Hal is her most recent client. Uh, Betty uh, confronts her. Betty. Cheryl confronts her. And she's like, Hal is different. Like, So clearly there's something there alluding to there being history between them. You know, him and Clifford being cousins. I'm sure there's something in the flashback, which we'll never get. But something about him and her maybe having a love affair back in the day or something. <clears throat> now... She, Cheryl also goes to hell when she, when her mom's like, no, I ain't gonna stop fucking him. She's like, look, I'm gonna tell your family. So you either stop it or they're going to find out. And I don't know what his answer was to her, but clearly it wasn't what she wanted to hear. Cause she told Betty. So when Betty showed up at the house in the middle of a school day, like, and does she have a car? She was just walking to school, How? but whatever. So he's yelling at chick and chick is like in a corner crying i just don't understand like is chick not his kid which i can infer that he's not i'm sure it's fp's kid but what the fuck weird so while he's yelling F- fp betty says motherfucker and she did such a good job this episode she's like no you um get out of here i'm gonna call mom and he's like oh so what i don't give a fuck about that bitch call that home and she's like oh, okay and i'm gonna tell her about penelope blossom and he stops and he does this slow turn back like bitch I ought to smack you to the middle of next week and <laughs> Betty says maybe the reason why you think we're hiding something is because you're hiding something over there so clearly he's going to um, he's going to uh, either try to get go after the it's just this is such a weird dysfunctional ass family <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to think about the ending um, oh <clears throat> Of course, we get the big reveal. So, FBI agent is putting the stress on Archie. And I'm just like, ugh. We we realize now he's not a figment of Archie's imagination. Thank God. And we get 
Archie like going to Hiram and saying, look, we have to, you have to do something. You have to help out me and my dad. This guy is putting the pressure on. He is stressing me out. He wants me to put a bug in your office. And all the while, I'm like, oh, shit, he gonna, he's, he's admitting all this, but he's also putting the bug in the office so that he can get back to the FBI agent. I was like, man, nah, Archie can't be that stupid. I mean, he's dumb, but he ain't that dumb. And um, so Hiram was like, you know, why are you telling me this? He was like, well, he came to me a few weeks ago. He's like, a few weeks ago? Like, Hiram... I don't think does an amazing job acting, but that scene, I really like that scene. And uh, he was like, uh, yeah, you know, FBI agent Adams and X, Y, and Z and such and such, whatever. And Hiram was like, okay, well, you know what? Thank you, son. Thank you for coming to me. Blah, 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 whatever. This, that, and the third. I'll handle it. He's like, well, are you going to, you going to, he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And they did, they never said kill him. They never said murder. They never said anything like that. Um, they, I guess out of all the shit that Riverdale goes through, there's still like certain things that they won't say. Like I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say the word fuck on this show. Like, so it's like, there's certain things that are still kind of taboo for them. Uh, so he's like, okay, agent Adams, don't worry about it. I'll handle it. Uh, son, you've done a good job and I believe you and such and such. So it comes out that again, someone knocks on Archie's door. This is like three in the morning. Archie runs downstairs to answer the door. Which is like, what are you doing? You guys, who was at your house this late? Fred Andrews does not get up out his bed. He is the father, the parental figure in this situation. He does not wake up. He does not come downstairs to see who the fuck is knocking on my door. And it's Andre, who is the lodge's doorman. He's like, come, come with me. The boss wants to see you. I'm like, oh, good girl. So... He leaves, and I'm thinking again, this is like 3 in the morning. Do you not have school tomorrow? Does your father not care? What the fuck is going on? So, and they're driving. He's like, oh, you missed your turn into the Lodge Estates. And so he's like, oh, we got to meet somewhere private. Okay. So Archie gets out the car, and he walks up to this dark figure who turns around, and it is Hermione Lodge. Now, I like this reveal as her being the boss because... You know, that's interesting. All these little looks she's been giving over this last season and all these little nods and the action she's taking makes it that much more impressive. But I feel like this was kind of shoehorned in where they have not done right by Hermione a lot of this season or really since Hiram got back. And this is kind of a way of saying, hey, she was pulling the strings all along. But you, I don't think Riverdale knew that. Like this, now... If she has a more active role for the rest of this season, then I'll buy it. But if she kind of steps back and is like, oh, I'm just pulling the strings from the sideline, I'm not going to like that. What she says is something to the effect, because I don't know verbatim. Oh, dear Archie, you know, you have proven your loyalty to my family and something, something, something. And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, FBI agent Adams, I sent him. You know, he was he was one of my Mashugana, Mishka, whatever they say. <laughs> and Archie's like having this kind of breakdown, like, nigga, I'm in too deep. Because my thing is, I think that if he had have given them up, I don't think they would have killed Archie. I think they just would have known what how to handle him. Uh, but the fact that he didn't, it's like he was, you know, on an interview phase and he really impressed them by accident. So... That being said, I'm interested to see how the fuck this season is going to end. I saw something online where the three last three episodes or something 
I think we're going to be like a lockdown at the school. Some shit. I have to go back and look. But that the last three episodes were scripted out and it was going to be like uh, a very heavy cliffhanger. But I'm thinking like, unless the black dude comes back, what the hell are you going to do? This show is so fucking weird. Um, so favorite character, favorite character of this episode, Betty, Betty and Alice, both of them, like they did the damn thing. Default to Sierra because she's the only black person that showed up on this episode, but Alice and Betty, I love seeing them work together. I love their dynamic. This was a very strong episode for them. Favorite uh, scene is are them cleaning up their blood. Like the whole collection of them, like just moving around, working together. And Betty like turned to her mom. She's like, mom, did he touch this apple? And she was like, I don't know. I don't know, Betty. And then she looks at it and just starts scrubbing it. And it was that kind of comedic um aspect in this very dark scene that really sold me and then you know her laying down sleeping waking up like three seconds later in this daytime like i really enjoyed seeing them work together like watch white women work good job y'all y'all did um so yeah that's my favorite character my favorite scene i don't have a really big question for this episode um I guess it would be what's next for Archie. Like, what do you guys think is next for Archie? Considering we find out now that Hermione has been the mastermind behind all this shit. Like, what could possibly happen now for him? And like, why the fuck is his dad such a horrible parent? Archie's raising his Archie's raising his dad. That's what's going on. So that'll wrap up this episode of Welcome to Riverdale. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure that you come back. If you have questions, comments, concerns, email me at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Use the hashtag WTRPod when listening to this episode and when watching Riverdale. Um, tweet me your questions, Carefree Blurred. Leave comments on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all that good shit. And uh, again, you can catch this episode and many more on the feed of Carefree Black Nerd, also at BYNKRadio.com. So until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay out of fucking Riverdale, and uh, I'll meet you guys back again for chapter 27.